0: I don't know about you, Brett, every time I hear that music, I get chills in my spine. It reminds me of uh, the good old days when uh, we used to watch football highlights on a Saturday, and uh, that used to be a heck of a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, my, uh, my name's Andrew Grosso, and talking to Brett Rabinowitz here, um, and uh, we are about to start our adventures in podcasting and uh, enlightening everybody out there about uh, what it takes to be a skilled fantasy footballer. Fantasy football is something that's near and dear to both of our hearts, um, and we're excited to talk about it. How are you doing, Brett?
1: Yeah, excellent. I'm doing great. And, uh, you know, it's so funny that, you know, you think about it, it's like the first week of March, and... I guess for a lot of people, they're not thinking about fantasy football. But, I, but I, I'll tell you, you know, for fantasy football diehards, there really isn't that much of an off season because right now, you know, you're really starting to see, especially with the Combines, you know, uh, having just been on, you know, you're starting to really think about like some of these free agent landing spots. You're starting to think about uh, the draft actually coming up. And uh, there really isn't that much downtime or, uh, you know, time that, isn't spent thinking about fantasy football even as early as March. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I think as it gradually goes on, you know, you get into, like I said, the combine just being on and then free agents where the landing spots are, then the draft and then OTAs and then preseason and then the season. So it gradually goes on, but, uh, you know, you agree that even uh, – in as early as March, are you really there, – there is something to, uh, you know, gauge and look at these things?
0: Absolutely. Well, look, NFL went to the combines in prime time. They never did that before. This is the first time they've done that. And when we talk about co- combines to people out there that might not know what we're talking about, it, basically it's all the, uh, the young kids that have declared for the draft, you know, juniors and seniors, and uh, it's coming out, running through a bunch of drills. It's really – it's become quite an event. And, and during that time, as you said, too, that we're, we're getting ready in a couple of weeks for free agency when teams can begin to move players. So there's all this kind of built-up uh, energy around that. And February 2nd, when the Super Bowl was, you know, seems like a long time ago, but really it's only a month ago. And, yeah, so we're, so we're getting excited. You know, others, we're baseball fans, too, so we're excited about the baseball season story, too. But we always have one eye on uh, – probably two eyes, actually – on everything that's going on in football, so we're we're super excited to get this started. You know, we're we're going to try to talk to everybody in, in our show, um, and, and that's kind of where we're starting here. We're going to start talking to the people because we want more people to join in on the fun and and join in on the game. So we're we're certainly going to take uh, a, a lot of time during the season to to really get into the nuts and bolts of everything that's going on and 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 our process and how we're thinking, but. Right now, today, uh, we really want to start with the very beginning and how you get started in fantasy football.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, just just thinking about when I personally started, I started out me and uh, just a several friends, and I mean, we had a six man league, and this was <laughs> back in nineteen eighty eight. Even so, talking about over thirty years of this and uh, pen and paper. I'll be pen, honest, pen I, I never era, envisioned. Right, right? i never could have envisioned what what fantasy football has mushroomed into i mean with all of these shows and as much time is dedicated to fantasy football and i'll tell you the truth i think the nfl is aware of the driving force of fantasy football and how much it means and um and they've recognized the fantasy football aspect and the wagering aspect. And, you know, that was the reason, because people, you know, I guess maybe don't remember this, but in the old days, the games would start at one o'clock and then the four o'clock games would start at four o'clock. But they now have moved these four o'clock games to 415, 425. And they really have done that from a standpoint of thinking about the people who are wagering on the NFL and people who are playing fantasy football that play the one o'clock games in fantasy football and then four o'clock lineup. So... I don't know about you, but when I started this thing, I never could have envisioned what fantasy football has blossomed into.
0: Yeah, it's a full-blown industry. There's so much dedication to it. I think, as you said, the NFL is very aware of that. Uh, I think, you know, one it's interesting. You started, you started in the pen and paper era um, before, before it became automated and you can track these things. So, so people actually were dedicated to doing that if you were running a league. Nowadays, we get the benefit of technology, which certainly helps. I didn't start till 2000, um, and I I certainly got hooked very quickly. I was always a a stats guy when it came to sports. I love the numbers angle of it, and I really do love that in fantasy as well. It's funny, I used to kind of... You know, friends of mine were doing it, and I kind of used to poke fun at it. Like, what are you guys doing? Uh, How could you be spending so much time on this? Uh, Little did I know I was going to be completely hooked by it um, very, very quickly. So I've certainly enjoyed uh, my my time in it, and and I'll continue to – to partake in it as long as I can. And, uh, you know, we're here to kind of start the beginning process for those of you that are, you know, maybe thinking about getting into the game or maybe a few of you that have gotten into the game or really were just thrown into the deep end without really getting a, an idea of what you were getting yourself into. So that's kind of what we're here to do to start. And, like, and, and, you know, as we move along, we're going to get much more in-depth in kind of our process and, and what we're looking at.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, millions of people participate in some, some form of fantasy football. And there's a real, there's a real breakdown. You know, I think about it in terms of, you know, you have, I guess, what you would, you know, categorize, uh, you know, us as, I guess we'd be in the category of like really hardcore diehard fantasy football guys. And then you have a group, I believe that, you know, are, have been playing and really, really love it and want to get into it more. And then you have people that have just started out and want to know more about it. But then there's another group of people that I don't believe anyone is really thinking about in the fantasy football community, or or not many people thinking about it are the people who hear about fantasy football, who have friends, family, colleagues, work-related leagues, and they want to get into it. But nobody is really explaining from the start how it works. And on most of these shows, I would say almost all of the shows, podcasts, Anything you hear, they, they talk to their audience as though they've been playing fantasy football for years and years that they're experts. but I think we, what we're trying to do is something different, and we will get to those hardcore guys. We'll get to the guys who want to know more about it. but what we want to do is move we'll, something different as I said. We want to get to the beginning and bring people along. Talk to them how leagues start, what leagues are, and take them from the very start and get all the way up. So they're they're following us on a journey and have a better understanding. And I, I think you know there's a real real calling for that.
0: Yeah, no question. And it's funny too. So a lot of my a lot of my friends who kind of started in this, like I said, twenty odd years ago, you know, now their kids. Are up and coming players, and uh, you know, wives and girlfriends hear about it, and I think women actually is a very large, growing audience in, in fantasy. So, so we want to make sure we're covering all those bases, and and, and we're going to get started talking about that uh, today, where we're really getting involved in, in 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 the essence of any football league, and, and which is really the the start of you know building uh, your your team, and that's the draft, and much like the NFL draft, we have the fantasy football draft.
1: That's right, and, uh, you know, the thing, you know, there's not like a million different drafts that are done, there are definitely two, one is way more popular, I guess would be called, you know, way more uh, in the format that people use, or, or snake or serpentine type drafts, and the other one is auction drafts, and, and we'll touch base on both of those, we'll explain the differences of the two, and, uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll teach people, so they they have an understanding, so they don't feel overwhelmed, and they're not able, you know, not only able to just participate in fantasy football, they're able to enjoy it. And you could always enjoy things much more <laughs> when you have a complete understanding about what it is that you're, uh, you know, partaking in. So why don't we start with that? And uh, you know, the two formats that are used are either uh, a snake or a serpentine type draft. Or an auction draft. So let's start with the snake draft, which is the more popular one. If you go on any site that, whether it's CBS or ESPN, that allows you to do mock drafts, these snake drafts are much more popular. They're the one that 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 those mock drafts are filled up at a much faster pace than auction drafts. So we'll talk about snake drafts. So why don't you, you know, just give a basic uh, explanation of what a snake draft is? Yeah, and and, and a snake serpentine, the shape of
0: it uh, is something that we should all keep in mind when we're talking about it because the, it's 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 what we call serpentine in nature. So if you if there's let's say twelve teams in a league, uh, somebody will pick first, first pick overall in, in in round one, and that goes through the first 12 teams so 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 when that's one round complete when the second round starts the team that picked last in the first round will pick first in the second round okay so it goes all the way back to the team that picked first again at the end of the second round so who the person that picked first picks 24th and that keeps winding around and that's why we call it serpentine or snake the shape of a the shape of a snake or a serpent
1: so in odd rounds, the person who goes first will pick first in every one of the odd rounds and will go from 1 to 12. And the even-numbered rounds, it will go reverse order, 12, then 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 in all of the even rounds. So you mentioned 12, and I 12 is the, you know, I guess the, the 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 most popular number that's used in leagues. but. Ideally you want to have an even number of league uh teams, you know, teams in your league and that's because you're talking about matchups. So if you have an 18, if it, if you have an 8 team league, you have four matchups per week, 10, 5, 12 team six matchups. But you don't need 12 teams. You can have 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, correct? Yeah, that's right. And then I think the one thing
0: to, that, that we want to distinguish here in fantasy football versus maybe baseball or basketball, where a lot of those leagues are, are roto, where you're playing categories. In fantasy football, you tend to play head-to-head. I play against Brett in week one. I play against somebody else in week two. And that's the way it works. So you have a full schedule that's kind of played out. And, and as Brett said, doesn't necessarily have to be a 12-team league, but you want to have an even number of teams if you're if you're going head-to-head.
1: Okay, so I think we, we got the, the, you know, the teams. We, ideally, you, know, you wanted to have an even number of teams in your league. And then well, you know, once you start with eight, it really doesn't matter. But it, it, ideally, it should be even. Uh, typically, in a, in a snake draft, how many players are on a typical roster in a snake draft?
0: And I think that's one of the things you got to look at your your league's rules and one of the things that you wanted to determine. But, yeah, somewhere between 16 and 18 players, so which would mean 16 or 18 rounds where you would be picking and filling up your roster. Certain roster positions, depending on the the league rules, will have to be filled. Some of the positions we know are quarterback, running back, wide receiver. So there's a certain amount of those players that you will need, and they'll be part of your starting team. You're also able to build a bench. Some leagues carry injured lists and stuff like that, but that's not that's for more in season. We're talking about building a roster here, and that roster size typically runs between about sixteen and eighteen players.
1: Yeah, and and uh, when there's a, a roster with sixteen players, it usually is comprised of a ten man starting lineup and a bench of six players. Under that scenario, give us what the a typical ten. 10- man starting lineup would look like in terms of positions
0: yeah so quarterback two running backs uh, depending on the league it would be two or three wide receivers a dedicated tight end position a flex spot and that flex spot would be either a running back a receiver or a tight end uh, and a defense and a place kicker
1: all right, let's go over that again. It's most likely, it's it's it most in a 16 team, it, when you're drafting 16 players, it's a quarterback is one, two running backs is a total of three, three wide receivers make it a total of six, a, tight, a specified tight end is seven, a flex spot that could be a running back, wide receiver, tight end is eight, a kicker is nine, and a defense is 10. So that's Typical for, for a 10-man starting lineup. And in, in a bench, can, is there, are there positions that you must have? Can you not exceed in terms of your bench? How does a six-man bench usually work in these leagues?
0: So, again, going back to your league rules that would have to be looked at, in some leagues, you can have any six type of players that you want on your bench. In other leagues, you're required to carry, for example, two quarterbacks on your roster. So even though you may start one, one will be on your bench. And the same thing, you, have a, you, you may have to have up to four running backs and up to five receivers. So you have to look at your league rules, but generally speaking, there will be, there'll be slots for them on your bench uh, in, in most instances.
1: So some leagues will uh, not allow you to exceed, and they'll have minimums and maximums at certain positions. And then your leagues may vary, and they may say, do whatever you want with your bench. You could have six kickers, six tight ends, six wide receivers. You could carry your bench any way you want. And as you said, it varies from league to league and how the league setup is, correct?
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: And talking about how you comprise your team in that format where it's one to 12 and the second round is 12 to one, every team is comprising their team in the manner that they see fit. There's no protocol in terms of what position you may have to pick. Five people in front of you may pick a running back, but when it's your turn to pick, you don't have to pick a running back. You can comprise your team any way that you see fit. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right.
0: I think one of the things that, that, that you know, people have to wonder is, okay, so there's 12 teams in a league, 1 through 12. One of the things that you know you have to determine is kind of the order of where you're picking. And I think that's done in a couple of different ways. You know, you'll talk a little bit about this because some people do their drafts in person, uh, literally physically in the same location, and some people will do these drafts uh, via online. And I think that that we have to talk about that because there's a determination in terms of the order in which you pick because, quite frankly, even though you may love one of the players who's ranked in the top three in all of the NFL, if you're picking number five or six, the likelihood of you getting that player is probably very unlikely. So so we'll talk a little bit about that now.
1: Yeah, so... When you do an online snake draft, you, you, the way those things are usually done, and, and my experience is, is, is with, you know, doing online snake drafts is, you know, you get an email from the from the, from the the website that you're using prop, approximately a half hour to an hour before the draft, and it tells you your order. So, if you're in a 12-team league, it'll say, oh, go to the draft room and see where you're picking. And that's how it will be done with online. You will be assigned a spot. But another way of doing it, and this is really, I think can only be done with live snake drafts, is you put all 12 team names in a hat, in a piece of paper in a hat, and then if the first name that's drawn is Andrew Grasso, you don't necessarily have to take the first pick. If your, if your name is drawn first, you can decide where you want to pick. Tell us the strategy why behind that.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, you're trying to comprise a full roster. So while you may really love one player in particular, you know, you really have to think about, you know, your depth and what your roster is going to look like. So I think, you know, I'm generally a little apprehensive about kind of picking right at the front of a draft. I kind of like to be in the middle of the pack. So so that my, even though my turn my turn is coming up, Uh, you know, kind of in the order that I I place, I want to have a little bit more flexibility and kind of building a little bit more consistent roster where I think the disparity sometimes between picking first and 24th, you know, you're letting a lot of players go in between that period. So, you know, for me, I kind of like to be more in the middle of the pack when when I'm in one of these type of drafts.
1: And not only are you having to wait between picks one and twenty-four, but almost every other round you are waiting approximately twenty-three, twenty-four picks until your next pick, and that's happening every other round. And that would happen if you have the number one pick or number twelve pick. So I guess I, I would agree that middle of the round. But you know, we'll get into the strategic aspect of that. Um, you know, uh, further down the road. Right now, we're just talking about the setup of it and in terms of the format it's exactly the same way as you're doing an online snake draft as a a live snake draft you're still going up from one to 12 in rounds, one, every odd round, and then 12 back to one even round. So is that right? It's, it, the format is exactly the same. The only difference is obviously you, you know, when you're doing it online, I think there's a clock going where you have to make a pick. And when you're doing it live, you know, there's, they, they want you to pick at a, at a fairly, you know, fast, Pace, but there's there's no specific clock on you. Would you say you know yeah. basically the format is the same except you know there's no clock as with a live snake draft.
0: That's right, and I think you know I've sat in snake drafts where you know we, we try to tell people when you, when you're in a room live with people you know hey be ready with your name you know be ready, but you know sometimes people get players that may have, they've been, may, may have been looking at that get taken right in front of them and it kind of changes changes your strategy right then and there. Um, yeah, and, and as you said, on the online drafts, there is a time that each team will get to nominate the player, okay? And then as well, you know, the, as that moves along, it, it'll move from person to person. So if I pick first, if I'm first in the draft and I'm ready to go right away, I pick, you know, first player in the draft, I pick that player. The person who goes next will have some time to decide, you know, somewhere between 30 and 45 seconds is typically the setup, to, to nominate their player.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a big proponent and a big fan, as you well know, of the live. I think, you know, you get so much more enjoyment out of it, laughs, entertainment, which is a big part of it. But when it comes to snake drafts and complete candor, I prefer... Online because it, it just goes at a quicker pace. I, you know, I'm in an, uh, you know a few snake drafts, and one is a live one, and. It is at points unbearable because guys are just staring at their laptop and staring and staring and staring and minutes are going by and you know the commissioner of the league is trying to say okay you know make a pick but there's no time frame on it so it it can get frustrating I mean you know there are there've been you know times of these on in in live snake drafts where you could read a novel between between picks guys are so indecisive so. Human I human actually, rain delays. <laughs> yeah, there are. Yeah, there are, There are. There are definitely. You know, human rain delays and guys. You know, the laptop staring at it. Like, for goodness sake, you know, maybe in rounds thirteen or fourteen, I could see it, but if you don't have conviction and design, conviction and decisiveness in the early rounds, you're probably not going to do well. So, you know, that's, you know, that, that's one of the things about a live snake draft. Uh, there, there are just several people who are just not moving it along and, you know, that can get a little bit frustrating over time. But as far as the Premise behind it, the categories, the amount of players, the stats, everything else. There's really no disparity between a uh, online snake draft and a live snake draft, except probably the, the the time that it'll take for the draft to be complete. Would that be fair? Yeah,
0: I think that's fair. And I think I think one of the things that kind of pushes people to do snake drafts to start is the speed of those drafts are a lot faster than than the online auction, and you know. We're, Sorry, not the online auction, but an auction draft um, or yeah. an online auction. It's the, the speed of those drafts is definitely more time-consuming, and I think you know th- that's part of the reason why it's almost become you know I don't know what the percentage is. I, I think the percentage is way too high of people that do snake drafts versus auction drafts. Um, but you know, generally speaking, the speed of those drafts, if they're done in a serpentine manner, are much faster.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. We'll, we'll get into. Uh... I want to just—we'll get into that. Uh, I want to just talk about getting to the auction drafts, explain how the auction drafts work, and then I want to really talk for a few minutes about the difference in the two. The difference in popularity and, and why that is. So let's get into auction draft. So the basic difference right off the bat is between an auction. Uh, the basic difference between an auction draft and a snake draft is that while you're picking up and down, up and down, in a snake draft, it doesn't work that like that. in An auction draft. In an auction draft, you each team has a budget that they're allowed to spend. Um, so, talk a little bit about that, uh, about what what it, it, the typical budget is for um, each team in an auction league, and uh, and about the players in the format.
0: Yeah, so, I think going going back to the rules that that, that we look at in, in in the in the snake drafts. Once again, 12 seems to be a fairly standard number. It can be a team league, can be a 10-team league, can be 14, but 12 seems to be a standard number. And again, the number of players on the roster are going to be somewhere between 16 and 18 players. The distinctive difference here is actually every player is now available to you. So you're given a salary cap. I think most of the time that salary cap is either going to be a $100 salary cap or a $200 salary cap. I mean, we play in leagues with all kinds of different um, salary cap numbers. And you're, and you're going to be drafting a roster with that money. And you have to determine how much you're going to bet or, or how much you're going to spend to get each player. So, you know, overall, I think you have to employ a strategy And what your team's going to look like. If you want the three best players in the NFL, it's certainly going to cost you a lot of money to get those players, and you're going to be left with a fairly barren rest of your roster as a result. But, but some teams do employ that strategy. But you have two hundred or a hundred dollars to pick an entire roster and you'll be filling your roster in again somewhere between that sixteen and eighteen players.
1: Okay. Let's 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 get to the format. Let's go let's go with, you know, twelve teams. There are twelve teams. You you know, we're talking about a live Auction draft right now. So it's twelve teams, and and, we love, and by is, the way,
0: Brett, we love the live auction because again, there's not there's,
1: no, there's nothing like it. I mean, the there, like again, you know, again, like uh, we talked about earlier, you know, fun, entertainment, laughs, the ability to you know stare each other down as you're bidding. There's an element to that that it just cannot be compared to when you're talking about you know just having online auction drafts so let's get to that there's typically 12 teams it could be at a restaurant your buddy's house his backyard um, and there's 12 people gathered and when people think of an auction they may think of an auction that they've seen online you know on TV or on on YouTube or on shows where you know there's an auctioneer and he's you know has like a or and he's going over prices and he's going once going twice is it basically the same format as that
0: absolutely and you know you, you all know you're bringing the gavel to multiple drafts i love when you bring that little gavel and you know i think you can do it either way where you actually have a dedicated auctioneer who's not in the league or you have somebody who who, who, who who's in the league and actually runs the auction f- for your league so I, I think those are the two kind of Ways that we see people do it, but but you do have someone that's kind of directing traffic. And I think it is important to kind of direct traffic. You got you got people screaming, so you you've got the process where it's an open bid. It doesn't go around in an order. So if I shout out or if I nominate a player, if I'm the first person to nominate and I nominate a player for six dollars, and let's say I nominate you know DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver from the Houston Texans, for six dollars there's going to be all kinds of hands and yelling that goes on for who wants to
1: pay more for that player.
0: So there needs to be someone to kind of direct that traffic.
1: And that's your and auctioneer. Un, and, and 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 unlike a snake draft where there's a specified order, you're going up and down and up and down, under this format, under a auction draft, a player gets nominated. And let's use the example that used, you know, Hopkins, Six Bucks, then the bidding starts, and people are yelling out prices from there's no order. People from all you know, anywhere in the league, from wherever they're situated, they're yelling out prices. And then tell us how we get to the conclusion of a specific bid.
0: Well, you know, it's always tricky dealing with people. And now, you as an auctioneer, I think you like to see someone both use their hands and a verbal. Um, and a verbal uh, agreement that, that they're bidding on a player. We've seen guys in our little leagues where that we do, where you know all of a sudden they're they're like a church mouse in the corner, and they stick their little hand out uh, with, a, with a with a number attached to it, or, or trying to bid or something. And we don't really like that. We prefer that people actually both say the price and raise their hand. But as as time winds down, and as you begin to get down the road, say, DeAndre Hopkins is now at like $41. And this seems to be a petering out of interest in, in that player. The auctioneer then starts to go to account. He says, okay, DeAndre Hopkins, I'm going to go to account here at 41 And going once, going twice, and you may get another team that goes 42 just like that. But generally speaking, we're getting near the end of it, and the, the auctioneer will count that down. And finally say DeAndre Hopkins sold for $43 to team B and on to the next yeah. player.
1: So let's go exactly with, with, with under that exact scenario. Uh, let's go with, you have $200 to draft and let's say you're drafting 16 players. Let's go with the same exact format as a snake. You're starting 10, you have a six man bench, you have $200 to draft your team. DeAndre Hopkins is going once, twice, sold to Andrew Grasso for $43. You at that point would get that player for $43, and then you would have $157 to, dra- to draft your remaining team. Is that correct? That is correct. And every player that gets nominated has a conclusion under that exact same format going once going twice going you know sold and of course with a great player like deandre hopkins you know uh, or patrick mahomes obviously those bids are going to last A lot longer but when you get to defenses and kickers those those bids are going to go fairly quickly and as an auctioneer when a defense or a kicker gets put up i immediately go to account because the bid is just not going to last so all players are not equal in terms of an auction draft into in terms of how lengthy that particular bid will be is that correct that's right so the basic format is you have $200 to draft your 16 players and for each player you get, the money is then subtracted and you can't exceed your $200. Is that correct? That's right.
0: Yeah. And also I think you know, we'll talk about this more in detail when we're talking about league structures, but in some leagues that salary the player gets is $43 and it disappears in other leagues that, 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 that salary or that price attached to that player will remain. But again, we'll talk more about that as we talk about different league structures but yes, th- that 43. Yeah, I mean, just,
1: yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, we'll, 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 you know, we'll, we'll talk about all different formats, keeper leagues and dynasty leagues and, and all of that. But the basic format is salary of 200, and then as each player is attained by your team, on your team, that money gets subtracted until all 12 of the teams, if you're using a 12 team league, has 16 players, None of the 12 teams have exceeded their salary cap of $200. And then when all of the teams have their rosters, that's the conclusion of the draft, right. Yeah, that's right. And I
0: think also the one thing that we should point out is that you know money has to kept, be kept track of. So the auctioneer has some responsibility. And, and as does the league in kind of keeping track of what's going on in the room, how much money people have left, we don't allow zero dollar bids. So everybody's got to have a dollar left. I think some teams can leave without uh, spending their $200. Uh, however, uh, there you cannot exceed that number.
1: So you, know, so, you can't exceed $200, but if you were able to draft your 16 players for $190, uh, that's fine. You just cannot exceed $200. You can't exceed your designated salary cap for your roster.
0: Yep, that is correct.
1: And teams go about their auction Uh, much differently Uh, you may have some guys that want to get these elite players and then you know when you have a $200 salary cap and let's go back to your example of Hopkins for 43 if you get two of those type of players where you're spending let's say $80 on two players it's probably going to be difficult to get that many more elite players but that's one strategy where somebody may be Uh, Interested in getting a few elite players And they have a few players in mind That they will be able to get cheap And then you have another guy whose strategy May be, okay I'm not going to be able to get those elite Elite guys For $40, $45 But I'll be happy filling out my roster With $10, $12, $14 $16 players And that's all getting into the strategy We'll get into later But different strategies for the way you comprise your team. Fair?
0: Yeah, that's very fair. And now you want to talk a little bit because I think we talked about the in-person auction, which we, which we really love. Um, but what about if this goes to online and you're kind of dealing with that draft room again, how, how is, does it play out the same way?
1: It does not play out the same way at all because anytime you're dealing with electronic devices and online, kind of drafts you know some odd things can happen you can get kicked out of the draft room by mistake you can go on autopilot which by the way like, we, we, we've seen that happen in almost every draft that we do uh, it, it's, it's really typical for it to happen and then you have to like call or text the commissioner and he has to stop the auction and the person has to wait to get back in there plus there are other things if you're a live auction draft you know we'll say okay after this player gets nominated we're going to take a bathroom break we're going to get a bite to eat we're going to get drinks 15 minutes people do what they have to do kind of an an, an online thing there aren't those breaks so it's really from start to finish you have to worry about the hazards like of getting booted out of the draft room sometimes going on autopilot you really have to pay attention every second of the draft it's it's certainly not as enjoyable and it's not as much fun uh as a as a in-person auction draft but let's just talk about the format of it the website i guess would be you know basically i guess classified as the auctioneer and you click on a player and it says nominate player and you click on the player and if you don't put a price in i think the player will automatically start at the minimum of one dollar but you have the option of typing in the, the dollar amount that you want to you know nominate the player for and then everyone is clicking on bid next bid so if the player's been nominated for a 10 Dollars there's a thing that clicks on bid 11 and if that someone does that then bid 12 and it goes on and on and on until nobody is bidding anymore and then the website will say going once going twice sold it'll be automated uh like that and the format is basically the same um have i have i missed anything in terms of uh how how the online auction works
0: no, nope, I think you covered it all. I think the I think the one key thing that we want to just make sure people understand that the, the real difference of this is the I guess the best part of the auction draft is that every player in the league is available to every fantasy owner. If if it's not what we call the keeper league, every player is available.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, we'll get yeah, definitely going to touch base that uh, on that next about the disparities between the two, but in terms of an online snake draft and a live snake draft, an online auction draft, and an in-person auction draft, the similarities are that the players that you're drafting on your team is basically the same, 10 players starting, six man bench, the stats and the stats that the league uses with maybe some slight variations are the same, touchdown passes, touchdown receptions, rushing touchdowns, interceptions, sacks, field goals. It's basically all the same. The, 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 the basic difference is how you are able to go about comprising your team. So even though we're talking about a snake draft versus an auction draft, the starters, the total players on your roster, the stats, the matchups, they're all the same. The difference between the two is how you're able to go about comprising your teams. Is that right? That is correct, Brett. And tell, tell us why you prefer the auction draft to snake drafts, even though, I mean, I don't know, I've never seen a study done on this, so I'm just going to throw out a guess there, but I would say as far as the leagues go, I'd probably say 80% are snake drafts and maybe only one in five or 20% are auction drafts. Yeah, I, so I agree with that. I'm interested in, in which draft do you prefer, why you prefer it, and why you also think snake drafts are the preferred option of the two.
0: Yeah, so the reason why I prefer it is, you know, one, the socialization aspect of it. I, 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 I like that camaraderie, that kind of get guilt gets built up between the people in the draft. You also have a lot of fun, you know, a lot of laughs watching people and seeing their emotion and frustration and excitement. And, you know, lots of laughs and, and, and stuff are going on in that process. So so I really try to to, to block out the time for the days that I know that are going to be dedicated to when I'm going to have those drafts. So so the personal side of it and just getting together with people is the, is the part that I really like. And I also think there's a there's a lot of psychology and strategy that goes around with it. Kind of like sitting at a poker table. So so that's the reason why I like that best and I don't mind the length of it. I know that it's longer, but I but I know that it's coming. It's for me it's kind of feels like Christmas Eve sometimes, you know, waiting for Santa to come. You know, I love that feeling of that. I think um, You know, I think the reason why auction drafts are, sorry, uh, uh, snake drafts are preferred is the speed of them. The speed of them are faster, and I think that's. And I also think that's just kind of what's been kind of preordained in a lot of leagues that that's the way that they do it. So there isn't a lot of thinking outside the box. But but for sure, I think the speed factor has plays a big part of it.
1: So here's my here's my take on the whole auction versus snake draft. And I know you touched base on this, uh, earlier, but I want to emphasize this point. It it doesn't matter if your league is for free, for fun. If you get a few buddies that are playing for $5 a team or 25 a team or a thousand or 10,000 a team, It, it matters not to me at all. What the amount of the league is that you're playing for. I prefer the auction draft because I feel when you are entering a draft you should have the ability to get any Player you want. And if you come into a draft and say, okay, I have a $200 salary cap and I am willing to spend $150 combined on Patrick Mahomes, Ezekiel Elliott, and DeAndre Hopkins, and I'll worry about my remaining 13 players after because I have a lot of sleepers or players I'll be able to get for a dollar or two. That should be your strategy. When you are participating in a snake draft, you are basically at the mercy, for a lack of a better description, of your draft order. So that's the biggest difference to me is the ability to get any player you want and you just don't have that in a snake draft and by no means am i saying that snake drafts are not fair i do think they're fair they're fine but you're at the mercy of the spot you're drafting and i feel when you're coming into a league you should have the ability to get any player you want if you're willing to spend and as far as why I have two theories. One is exactly what you said. There's a convenience, it goes faster, and people don't like to be at a draft for hours and hours. And when you're at an auction draft, that could take place. That's number one. But the other theory I have is I don't think a lot of people are aware of auction drafts. I know that I've done mock drafts on ESPN, gone into the chat area and I may have mentioned how much do you think this player is going to go in an auction draft? And the guy responded, what's an auction draft? Yeah. And I just think a lot of people don't participate in auction drafts because they're not aware of it. Because in my opinion, with the fun, the strategy behind it, if you partake in an auction draft, I think you really prefer that to to a snake draft. Would you Would you agree with that? I
0: would uh, 100% agree with that. I think once, once you go down that road, it's very difficult to turn back.
1: And I definitely agree with the convenience of it. People, you know, what you said is definitely true. It, it does, it goes by at a much faster pace. You're not drafting as long, but you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'd rather be there longer, have fun. And have a good team then worry about how fast i'm going to get out of the draft and then have to stare at a horrible team for four months yeah that's (laughs) that would not
0: be a good feeling that's for sure
1: no which you know i think uh sadly a lot of people are more concerned about with how quickly they can get out of there and how fast it's going to go i think it's you know something that you want to enjoy uh have fun with and i believe that you know equals Usually, um, you know, having a good team as well. So I I think we'll, you know, we've covered all the aspects of snake versus auction drafts. And then we'll get into how to start your league, stats, categories. But the the point I want to mention before we get going here is, you know, if you start a league with your buddies, remember one thing. It's your league. You and your friends can get together and you decide what rules you want to have what stats you want to have you know i'm asked almost every off season uh, and they say brett i'm starting my own league here you know what are the rules that you use should we use that and i i'm going to give the same response to the audience as i give everyone who asks me that question i'll say I'll give you the format, but I think you should take some of that. But I think most importantly is put your own spin on it. It's your league. You see what works, see what doesn't work, and go from there. Because, you know, there's no set thing or set rules that you have to go by. That's the best part of starting your own league with your friends or family or coworkers or whatever you can set the rules. And I think there's something really to be said for that. Um, you know, would you would you agree about about that? I mean, about, you know, not just looking at how another league does it and then just following it. You know, don't you think there's something to be said for, you know, you you've been one who as well as I have have come up with ideas, created scoring systems for your league. So when you agree there's like a real fun aspect to you and your friends or family or coworkers starting your league and setting the rules and guidelines how you want it. Yeah.
0: And and I think that, you know, that comes over time where, you know, there's certain things that come up where you may not have thought about it and you want to integrate something new. And I think constantly evolving as football evolves as a game and as you evolve as a player is something that you want to have in your league. And I think, what you're talking about is very key. You, you want to put a personal spin on it. Just because one league does it doesn't mean that you guys or gals have to. And I think that's what we want to make sure. There are lots of different fun ways to think about how you create your league, the scoring systems around it. And, you know, we're really excited to take you all on, on a very exciting adventure, you know, throughout this football season.
1: Yeah. And I think the next podcast we want to do is going to be how to start your own league, what rules to use, what scoring systems to use. And then you may want to take that and then put your own spin on it. So I think, I think the next one we want to do is now that you have an understanding of how the leagues work, we want to take the next step and talk about how to start your own league, um, how to go about the stats, how to go about rosters, scoring system, and then, maybe take the basic formats and then put your own spin on it. So I think, you know, that's, that that will be the next step in this journey is going from understanding leagues to starting leagues and how to go about it.
0: Yep. Very excited. Very, very excited for this football season. Uh, It'll all start moving along rather nicely. And we'll see you uh, again down the road, everyone. Thanks very much, Brett.
1: Yep. Thank you for joining Andrew and uh, take care everyone.